0: Welcome to starring Milana. I'm your host, Milana. Obviously, Um, this is my first podcast episode ever, and I'm going to try to be professional. But I just want you guys to know I am very nervous. Like the anxiety levels in here, just two of us (laughs) that are here, the anxiety levels are pretty high. But we're going to get through it, and I'm so excited. Thank you guys for listening. I mean this is so ride or die. You're listening to my first episode and there's going to be so many, I promise. But yeah, so let's, let's get it started. Um, what you can expect from this podcast. Every podcast, which will be released, fingers crossed, weekly, hopefully no technical difficulties, will be released weekly. Um, we'll have three segments. So the first one is going to be BTS, where we kind of catch up and give you a little look into my week. And then the second one is called Talkworthy, in which we kind of review what's been going on in the media, but we don't really report it over here. We're gonna give you guys a different perspective. We're gonna pick one or two things that happened that really kind of struck a chord with us um and we're gonna look at it from a different angle. And the third segment is called dropping gems where I will give you all of the gems on a random topic that I come up with. And usually these are inspired by my encounters with people or an event that I went to, something that I read, just something that sparked conversation for me. So that is called dropping gems. All we're trying to do here at Starring Milana is build understanding. I believe that if we disagree with people, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with not having the same point of view as somebody, but to hear somebody out or to have a different understanding can make the world a better place because you are trying to Learn and live through someone else's perspective as well. Okay, so that's kind of what we're trying to do here is just build a little bit of understanding. There's also a visual to this podcast. You can go to youtube.com backslash starring Milana and see me recording this at this moment. How I'm doing? I look pretty good. I have a really cute shirt on. My hair's okay, it's a little frizzy, could have been better, but you can see me there, or you can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram at starring Milana. So we're going to do something a little different today because it is the first one, especially for those of you who are new to this or to me, I'm um, going to get to know me a little bit better. So first of all, again, my name is Milana. Hi. I am in my 20s. I'm not going to tell you my exact age, but... I'm going to let you mind wander a little bit, okay? We're going we're gonna to dive into that in a different day. But I am in my 20s. I'm full Armenian. I was born in Armenia. I grew up in Russia, and I moved to Los Angeles when I was seven. I know three languages, not fluently all of them, but I know three languages. Um, English is my third one, so you will get a sense of that. Um, there's some things I can't quite pronounce properly, so we'll talk about that another day. Is that my... Okay. You know what? My phone just rang, so this is how you know I'm new to this. Like, not on silent, nothing. Actually, it wasn't even my phone. It was my laptop. So, anyway, technical difficulties. We're going to continue. I went to Fairfax High School, which is in the heart of Los Angeles. That was a great time for me. You know what wasn't so great? College. I mean, it was okay. But I have... views on college and we'll get into that during a different podcast, but I attended Loyola Marymount University. I graduated with a bachelor's in what they would call, I guess, communication theory. And here I am. I am currently working as an event designer at a very prominent event design firm in Los Angeles. And if you're wondering why or who told me to get a podcast when I have a full-blown career, well, I just want you to know that this isn't my first rodeo. I've been doing this for a little while now. I started off hosting talent showcases in Los Angeles, and then I got a web series for Stevie Wonder's radio station's digital portion of his website, and then I kind of filmed a few episodes of my own talk show for YouTube. I gave it a little break. You know, I went through a few little mental battles, (sighs) prayed about it, and something led to this podcast. So here we are. Thank you for listening, and we're going to get into the first segment of the day, which is the BTS. So it's New Year's week. It's the first week of January. So I'm going to tell you about what I did for New Year's. New Year's Day is actually my anniversary, me and my boyfriend's anniversary. So we decided to do dinner on New Year's Eve. We went to Katana, which is my favorite sushi restaurant in LA. Well, one of them, probably top three. We went to dinner, and then we went to a party that some of my guy friends threw. It was really fun. I brought it in with a lot of my friends So that was New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I worked on my podcast, right, I started strong on January 1st, I did a little behind behind the scenes stuff, so all the tech things, which is not fun, by the way, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, go for it, but really do some research first, (laughs) it takes a long time to get this thing off the ground before you can even, I guess, record, so I did that, and I watched a lot of Friends, which is one of my favorite shows. And then I worked out this week, did a little bit of Orange Theory. They were really kicking your asses the first week of January, so I'm kind of sore. And then I, obviously I went to work, but today is January 6th, which is Armenian Christmas. Merry Christmas to my fellow Armenians. I don't know why we celebrate Christmas today. I don't. I didn't get any gifts. But, you know, if you guys can tell me why today is Armenian Christmas, let me know because I'm confused. You know what I didn't do? I didn't watch Bird Box. Anybody? Anybody watch it? It's like a whole phenomenon, I guess. This is why I didn't watch it. Because I heard that it's a little jumpy and like, not scary, but kind of like a little thriller. I don't do that shit. Okay, I don't like anything that makes my blood boil. I don't like having anxiety. I do not like that kind of adrenaline rush. I don't go to amusement parks. I don't ride roller coasters. I don't like scary movies. The last scary thing I watched was Stranger Things, and it was a bunch of kids and an underground world. So I don't like it. So I don't know. I didn't watch Bird Box because of that, but you guys let me know. Like, if it was good, if it was worth watching, let me know. Maybe I'll give it a try. If it was not that jumpy, let me know, because I'm really not into that kind of stuff. I kind of want to watch it because there's so much hype behind it, but I did not watch Bird Box, so... That's that. Okay, guys. Moving on to the talkworthy segment. So there was a few things going on in the media, not a lot. I think people were pretty calm because, I mean, it was New Year's, so people were trying to act right, except the government. But everyone else was acting pretty okay. The one thing that really, I don't know, that really caught my attention, is the surviving R. Kelly docu series on Lifetime. I'm not going to do a full breakdown, but if you haven't watched it, I do recommend that you guys watch it because it the title, I mean, the content is just as jarring as the title. It was pretty awful. I have to tell you, it was pretty bad, okay? Basically, the docu-series interviewed family members like his brothers, um, people that he's worked with throughout the years, people that have known him since he was really young, there were psychologists and doctors that were interviewed, um, and most importantly, the women that he abused and his ex-wife. Okay, so it was like a full blown. I mean, it was pretty much an R. Kelly bash, except for his older brother Bruce Kelly, who, goddamn, is a fucking comedian. Okay, that guy is hilarious in his jumpsuit from prison. He's a he's a whole thing of his own. So. Anyway, what I, I, de- I have to tell you, I honestly don't remember a lot of this stuff. I was really young when most of this came out. I think I was in middle school, maybe like sixth grade, when the whole sex tape was on the internet and it was being sold in stores. I remember being really young and me and my friends finding it on a website and deciding to watch it for I don't know what reason. But we watched it and this might sound weird, but yeah, we knew that the girl was young. We didn't really understand how young she was. But the thing that really threw us off was the fact that he peed on her, which is very disturbing on its own. But we didn't even like conceptualize and process the fact that she was so young. She was 14 years old. And after it came out, there was a little bit of, you know, hype around it. You know, he got arrested. And then you just didn't hear anything about it for like six years. And then basically the charges were dropped. So that blows my mind that like, there was not a lot of media coverage on it. And I don't know who's to blame for that. I mean, I know now we're living in a world of Twitter where everything is like out the second that, you know, you're updated every second, basically. So we didn't have that back then. I didn't know how deep it was. I was so young personally, like I was still listening to his music, still singing along, still dancing. And I think a lot of people were too, because most people didn't know how deep it was. And I think a lot of people actually ignored it that did know. Nobody wanted to be involved with it. Nobody wanted to comment on it because of how big he was. So that's, that's what I remember from that. When I watched this documentary, I realized how intense it was, how fucked up the whole thing was, how disappointing the adults were that were involved in this. I mean, the men that worked around him, let me, let me be clear to you guys. These are men, I think, like in their 30s at this point. These are grown-ass men. And they just let it happen. Nobody stopped him. I'm sure maybe once or twice somebody was like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Like, I'm sure there were a few comments, but it just kept going on. I mean, this man had a sex dungeon basically in his studio. There were bedrooms in the studio and there was just girls there waiting for him to come in. They they a lot of the times they weren't allowed to eat, they weren't allowed to be on their cell phone. They were just there waiting for him to walk in and just have sex with him that's disgusting. Where are the adults in this? Like they, the men were going and getting girls for him. Like that throws me off. Okay. That is, that is the one thing that really was so disturbing to me is that, yeah, the whole pro the whole thing is fucked up. But the fact that there were people allowing it to happen, like, where is the, the humanity? Like you guys failed these girls. Like it, it's just, it's fucked up. So we know it's wrong, right? We know he's dead wrong. We know the men around him were wrong. We know that the the legal system really failed these girls. We know that the the music labels, I mean, they fucking failed these girls. The whole situation is wrong. We get that. But I I wanted to watch this and and take something else from it. You know, I wanted to to think about a way or why first of all why this happened. How did we get here? And how we can avoid this? This is, this, and this kind of came to me almost immediately. I think in the first part of the, do, the docu-series when I was watching it, you know, the first, the first few minutes in, I think, his younger brother was talking about how he was molested at six years old by a family friend, an older woman. And he first didn't understand what was going on. And then when he understood, he wanted to tell his mom, but he was scared that she wouldn't believe him. So he went to R. Kelly, his older brother. And R. Kelly was like, no, that didn't happen to you. Like, you're not, you're not, you're you're making it up, basically. So he was so scared and, and just felt like, wow, if my brother doesn't believe me, then my mom definitely won't believe me. So he didn't tell anybody. And this went on for years. What we later found out in interviews is that R. Kelly himself was, you know, being sexually abused as a child for almost seven years I think he said from the age of six to 13 or something like that by I think several people but one prominent person was the older woman who was a part of the family that's a lot to take in the fact that this was done to him when he was young and then he did this to other girls and I'm not talking about one or two you know this is 14-year-old girls, this is probably up to 100. I mean, when you hear these stories, they're, they're crazy. So the fact that he continued this cycle really caught my attention. Because, yeah, he's shitty. He sucks. This is fucked up. But, you know, this happened to him, and he didn't process it. I don't think he spoke with anybody about this. I don't, I don't even know if he understood what was wrong about it. Like if it was wrong or if it was right. And that got me thinking like, did my parents ever have this conversation with me? No, I don't remember ever sitting down with my family and them telling me if someone touches you here, it's wrong. If someone touches you here, it's okay. Or telling me, hey, if someone does something to you that's really inappropriate or you don't feel okay about it, you come and tell me. We didn't talk about any of that. As a matter of fact, we didn't talk about sex at all. I mean, it's very kind of like taboo hush hush in my culture. We don't talk about it. The the, the general consensus is just don't do it. Like that's it. Just don't do it. You're going to get a disease and die or you're going to get pregnant and then we're going to disown you. You know, like this is this is what it is in my culture and I think especially back then and for a lot of my friends, I don't remember any of their parents having this conversations with them that are ladies Forget it if you're a boy. I mean, what a strange conversation to have with your son. Like, oh, by the way, if, if somebody touches you here, you know, you tell me. I highly doubt that many people I know growing up, especially boys, men, had these conversations with their parents, okay? And I think that's step one. That is a big, big deal. We have conversations with our kids when they're in their teens, like, hey, you know, if you're gonna have sex, strap up. Sure. But what if they've already been engaging in these acts at the age of five, six? I mean, you guys, this is very cringy. The thought of me sitting down with my uh, one day, hopefully, you know, God willing, five-year-old daughter and saying, hey, honey, I know you want to play with your little toy, but listen, we got to talk about something serious. This area is off limits. This, er you know, like trying to have that conversation with with, uh, my kids, it's very cringy to me. Like the whole, the whole process of that. It really freaks me out, but we have to do it because look what happens if we don't talk about these things or if we don't have the conversations of like, you know, you can come to me. You know, I'll believe you. You know, you can trust me. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. If you feel uncomfortable, if there's another adult around you who tells you these kinds of things, come to me and tell me. These are conversations that we need to have with our kids because otherwise kids are so impressionable. So, you know, if you're not having these conversations, they have no idea. They're engaging in these things with some adult that it seems like, you know, a father figure, a mother figure. They're, if they're having these encounters with these people, they trust them and they might think that this is okay. And they might get older and think that this is okay. So I think that's like step one is that there were no Adults that he spoke with that. I don't think he did because obviously he continued to do this in his adult life and ruined so many lives So many of these young ladies lives. So I think that's what I took from it That's the first thing I took from it is like how can we how do we get here? And how do how can we avoid ever coming to this point again? And it's it's talking to our kids having these conversations with our children our younger siblings and Looking for signs and always checking in and being like hey, are you okay? hey, what kind of experiences are you having? That is the step, the first step in my opinion. That's one thing I took from this. The second thing that I thought about while I was watching this is, you know, where's the accountability? And I'm not only talking about the men that were in his life and the people that were around his life that were letting him do this. I'm talking about from us as a society. Granted, many people, like I said, didn't understand. Like I was very young. I didn't understand. I didn't really know what was going on, but the people that did right and ignored it and still listened to his music. Where is that accountability? You have to think about how these people in power continue to get away with stuff like this. And a lot of it has to do with us as a society, as a people, because we're the ones at the end of the day that can make it, we can make it stop. We can hold them accountable. It's us because we're the ones at the bottom, right? We're the ones going to the shows. We're the ones buying the merchandise, buying the albums or whatever. We're the ones spending the money, okay? So we're supporting them. The money's coming in. The money goes then to the labels who, let's be frank, don't give a shit. All they care about is their money. Same thing with the NFL, right? They don't care. You're going to the games, you're buying his jerseys. Who cares if he beat his girlfriend almost to death and dragged her down the stairs? This is is the problem, like it starts with us. We have to make the noise, we have to make the difference for the people in power to do something about it. They're the ones that can pull the plug. 100% they can pull the plug, right? But we are going to the shows, we're acting like nothing is going on. And there was a lot of conversation on the internet about separating the person from the art, from the artist. I don't know. That's a really, it really got me thinking because I remember this joke I made a long time ago. Okay. Look, I love the weekend. He is my favorite artist. Okay. I went to one of his concerts and I left his show with this, this unexplainable feeling. Okay. It was, I've never felt anything like that before. I mean, I was like, I was in the zone guys. Okay. This was like incredible. And I made this joke. I was like, there's you could show me a video of the weekend murdering somebody and I'll be like nah that's not him, okay I made that joke and at the time it was like funny but when I watched this documentary I was like oh my god like, I can be part of the problem like I'm I'm, but it's so hard as a consumer when you align the feeling and the emotion that you get from these people's music or the way they play a sport or, you know, a a role that they had in a movie, you're aligning that with like a, a personal feeling that you got from it. And it's so near and dear to your heart that you justify everything that they're doing or they've done in their personal life. That's a problem. I do enjoy R. Kelly's music. Not to the point where I need to listen to it. I could stop listening to his shit right now. You know, I'm not there with him. But, like, if, if it was The weekend, or if it was somebody that I was, that, that built these memories for me, that, that I have these emotions connected to, that have given me these feelings, it's very, very hard to be able to count off those people, to write them off and say, I'm never going to listen to this again, because you, there's something, it's a part of your life, basically. So, do I think we need to do it? I mean, Chris Brown beating Rihanna. I know plenty of people that still go to his shows. And to them, it's like, well, they got in a fight. She probably hit him. He hit her back. And people still continue to support them because they don't, to them, that's not something that they maybe can relate to. Okay, but now imagine your sister, your daughter. Getting hit by Chris Brown, right? like now it's personal to you. Imagine you being a, a victim of domestic violence. Now it's very personal to you, but now and now you can disconnect. you can you can disconnect. you can write him off. you don't need to listen to him like you because he doesn't understand what you've went through, the pain that you felt and he's causing it to someone else. you are no longer a fan, okay? imagine your daughters being sexually abused, molested, getting urinated on by this man. Now it's a different story for you. Now now it's a different picture, right? You you that's disgusting. You can't believe it. Like it's so personal to you. But when 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 things aren't very personal to us, when we can't relate to it, when we can completely say, Well, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know anyone that's been through that. I don't whatever. I still like his music. That's part of the problem. There's certain things that some of these men and, and women in power do where we need to be able to hold them accountable. Cause again, it starts with us. So that was another thing that I took from it, from this experience and from, from, from everything that I saw in Surviving R. Kelly. I mean, I want to say that, you know, justice obviously was not served for, for these girls. Like I said, the legal system failed, failed them, but I feel like this docuseries really shed a light. I mean, now he's in the court of public opinion. Like, this is where he's at, and now... The next step is us. Like, what do we do with this information? And unfortunately, I went on his comments on Instagram, and some people are, like, still in la-la land, like, delusional. Well, the girls shouldn't have been there. We're their parents. They're fast. We're not canceling R. Kelly. Still going to bump ignition. I get it. I get it. You guys are fans, but you need to put yourself in other people's shoes. We need to hold people accountable for these things because it starts with us. That was a lot, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that that is that was a lot for me to watch and a lot for me to take in. And I really tried to bring a different perspective to the docu-series. And, you know, I want to know if you guys agree. I'm, I'm really curious, um, and I'm really open to having this conversation. So if you can reach out to me on my social media and let me know, DM me, leave me a comment, let me know what you guys think. Um, I really want to hear from you guys. We're going to move on to the topic of the day. And, I mean... It is a new year, so I thought this is my first podcast. It is the first week of the new year. I thought it would be appropriate for me to kind of talk about New Year's resolutions. Mm. Very, It's just such a cliche thing, I feel like, but somehow I still set them every year. And let me be clear, guys. I don't think, actually, I don't, I know I have never sought a resolution through. I have never set a resolution and then did it throughout the entire year. Like I have failed every year. Okay. I am one of those people who are like going hard with, for the first month. And then I'm like, ah, no, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to give up. Okay. I have though, though, (laughs) I have, however, set goals throughout the year that I seem to accomplish. Like one goal that I just woke up one I was like, you know what? I'm tired of working out in the evenings. I'm going to work out in the mornings. I'm going to be a morning person. I'm going to wake up at six and work out. And I it was hard in the beginning, but I set it midway through the year, and I've kept up with it. I am now a morning workout person. But that was not a New Year's resolution for me, right? I set a goal randomly, and I've been keeping up with it. And I wanted to ask, like, are people still setting resolutions, So I did an Instagram poll and most people besides two said no, that they don't believe, basically the answer was no. And a few people said the same thing. They don't believe that a new calendar year should be a reason for you to set goals. Like you shouldn't wait for a new date to set a goal. And I very much agree with that. But I do think that a new year kind of like tricks your mind into kind of thinking that it's a fresh start. Okay, so I do think it is a good time. If you were going to start, that is the best time to start a list of goals or some sort of resolution, right? But because I failed at so many of them, I'm like, how can I make it work this year? I decided I'm going to rename it because that was already like, you know, me failing all of these resolutions was pretty much, you know, this is a reminder that like, hey, it's probably not going to happen again. So I decided this year that I'm going to call them New Year's Determinations, okay? The word that we're going to use is determinations because I am determined to make it happen this year. I'm going to give you guys a list of my determinations for this year, but I'm going to first start off with if you are setting Determinations, I'm going to give you guys a few, kind of like, just a few things that you can do to get through the year, okay, to make it really happen. And I don't know, I feel like if you've done it and you do it every year and it works for you, great. For people like myself who have failed multiple times, this is really for you, okay? So the first thing that I think we can do um, to accomplish our New Year's Determinations is to be honest with yourselves. For example, if you never work out, and I mean like not even once a week, don't act like you're about to be in the gym five days a week. That is steep as hell. Five days a week for a person who's never worked out is not realistic. I'm sorry, because you're going to get sore and you're not going to want to go back the next day. So be realistic with yourself. Set goals that are realistic. I'm not saying don't dream. Oh my God, please dream. We're all dreamers. That's great. But if you really want to get things accomplished, be realistic with your goals. With that being said, be compassionate. Because I think that if you're not compassionate with yourself and you're not patient, the second that you forgot to do something or you didn't do something and you were lazy or didn't work out this week, maybe next week, if you're really hard on yourself, like, oh my God, I'm not doing it. I can't do this. You're going to, that's going to like, you're going to be really hard on yourself and then you're going to do it again and you're going to forget again. Or you're not going to accomplish your whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. You're going to go back to that feeling of like, oh man, I hate disappointing myself. And then you're just going to give it up altogether. Because you don't like that feeling of of disappointment. So be compassionate with yourself. It is very hard to change a lifestyle. It is not easy. Habits, you know, are hard to old habits are hard to break. So so be compassionate and be patient with yourself. That's very important. The next thing is pick someone to hold you accountable. I think accountable is the word of the podcast (laughs) for this one, the word of the episode. Be like find someone who's gonna hold you accountable it'll be great if you guys have the same determinations but if you don't just find a person who can text you and be like girl or well I guess bro how you doing what are you doing did you work out this morning did you read this book did you do this find someone who can keep you in check and you can help keep them in check because when you have somebody doing that, you feel a sense of responsibility because you don't want to disappoint that person. And also, you don't want to get left behind. So if you can find a person that can hold you accountable, I think that is a really, like, that's a secret. Like, that's 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 a gem. That's a gem. Find someone to hold you accountable for your resolutions. That is a way to get through the year, okay? And the last one is pick, like, a big goal and then a bunch of little ones. I feel like if you set a bunch of high goals that are very again like unrealistic it's going to be hard to accomplish them all you want to pick one that's your main one and then the smaller ones that are easier to do okay so those are my recommendations and here are my new year's determinations for the year of 2019 I can't believe it's 2019 Ah! okay so the first one is sounds pretty simple But it's be present. So um, my entire life, I've kind of bragged about the fact that, you know, I have this unique ability of multitasking. I hear many people say they're good at it, but I'm telling you, like, I'm the queen of multitasking. And I think it's because I'm so restless My mind is running like a million miles per hour all the time. I can be running on a treadmill and then making a packing list in my head at the same time, okay? I am so good at multitasking, and I thought this was a gift. And as I get older, I realize it's not. Because if you are always doing a million things at a time, you're not going to be your best at any one thing. And I very often find myself just spread so thin, okay? i am spread so thin, and I'm not very pre- present. Like, I'm eating my lunch, watching an interview in the corner of my screen, answering an email at the same time. Like, there's just so many things that I'm doing, and I'm just not present. I'm not consuming everything around me, the conversations. I'm not even, like, focusing on, like, how good the food is. I'm just going all the time. So my first goal is to be present. My second goal is to eat better, I don't have like a bad eating situation. Like I I don't have bad eating habits. I'm a pescatarian and if you don't know what that is, it means I don't eat any kind of meat. So no chicken, no poultry, no red meat, nothing. I only eat seafood and fish. Uh, I love sushi. I'm a pescatarian, but I eat a pretty vegetarian diet. I don't eat fish all the time. However, because of that, I my body's always craving some sort of protein. Also, I work out a lot. So I'm always craving just food. I'm hungry all the time. And I kind of substitute that with carbs, starch, mainly potatoes, a lot of potatoes. I love potatoes. So I'm consuming a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, although you you can't like always look at me and tell like that I that I eat like that and people are like, oh, rolling their eyes at me, but I want to eat a little bit better. So I'm going to Trying to find a way to just consume a little bit more protein, a little bit more greens, nuts maybe, and just really slow down on my carb consumption. Because let me tell you, it is wild how much bread I can eat in a day, okay? And then my next determination is to read more books. Okay, guys, I think last year I read a total of one full book and started another one and never finished maybe because I'm always busy, maybe I'm making excuses. I just don't read books and I want to. And I don't mean like listening to audiobooks. I don't mean like reading on like a Kindle or my phone. I mean like actual books with pages. Remember those? That. I want to read more books because first of all, it's better for your brain to read Books from a page, you know, like we're we're doing too much screen time. We should press do and should have people read books off of a screen. Not my thing, I'm not judging you, but don't your eyes hurt? Like it's just too much. So I wanna read more books. I wanna read five. That's like really a reach because, like I said, I finished one last year. I'm really going hard, but I'm gonna go ahead and start with Michelle Obama's Becoming. And my girl Lena is reading it with me. That is my accountability partner, you guys. Have an accountability partner. We are going to start this book. We have a little book club of two. Um, if you want to join, please DM me, send me a message, text me, hit up Lena. You got the info, you got it. If you know, you know. So we are going to start this little book club. We're probably going to start this week. We are going to read a few chapters a week and we're going to get through this book. And then we're going to pick another book. And if you have any book suggestions, dm me <laughs> let me know um that would be great so we are we are really looking forward to accomplishing a five book read book club this year and i know that those of you who read a lot are probably rolling your eyes but you know there's a lot of netflix available it's, it's hard to read so we're, we're gonna focus on that my next goal is to stop procrastinating is it procrastinate or procrastinate English is my third language. You get it. Stop doing that shit, okay? Because I will wait and leave everything for the last minute. Even though I'm multitasking, I'm multitasking on things that I don't really need to be doing at that moment. I really procrastinate on the things that are important and need to get done, especially the things that are kind of hard and, and, and require a lot of like thinking and doing. I really leave those to the end, okay? And I'm trying to be better this year. So I decided... To get a planner, that is how I am going to focus and not procrastinate and make lists. Okay, so another thing, me and my friend Lena, we are doing this list thing. We're doing this, this, this planner thing. I'm really gonna try it out this year because I feel like if you write things down, you're more inclined to go back and actually like do it. Cause you, you, I don't know. For me, I I like to challenge myself, and if I didn't check write that check mark on my planner and then I didn't get what I needed to get done and then I feel like, oh my god, I start feeling guilty and I start panicking and I'm like, I need to get this shit done. So making lists and working on my planner. The last determination is my big one and for me, it was this podcast. And it's not just to get this podcast started, it's to see it through, okay? Consistency. I it, This is hard. I'm really being vulnerable. I'm really opening myself up, my life up uh, to you guys, to anyone that's listening. And there's going to be a lot of times where I know I'm going to feel like, I'm sure I'm going to feel like giving up. And uh, there's going to be things that are, you know, roadblocks. I mean, Again, technical difficulties. I'm just waiting. There's so many guys. It's gonna happen. And I know there's gonna be moments where I'm like, oh, am I good enough? Who even cares? Is anyone listening? Is anyone listening? (laughs) Is anyone out there? So there's gonna be a lot of moments where I have these feelings, but I can't stop, okay? I have to be consistent, I have to do it through the year. You know, if I skip a week and you're like, where is she at? I need you guys to blow my shit up. Blow it up all the way. Hold me accountable. Like, girl, you need to come back. I know not every episode is going to be peachy and happy or whatever, but I really want to pull this thing through. This is my big, big, big 2019 New Year determination, and I'm determined to get it done. I will. I will. I will. Get it done, okay? I'm declaring this as my year. Okay, I woke up and I said, this is my year. I declare it. And I really want you guys to go into this year with the same mindset, okay? Declare that this is your year, that you are unique, that you are special, that you are important, that you have purpose. Like, really focus, um, you know, and Pastor says, have have perspective. So really, really focus on perspective and on yourself and accomplishing your goals this year. I feel like this is gonna be a big year for a lot of people including myself. So remember that every time you have a dark moment or a moment of, of giving up just know that it's temporary and know that better days are to come. So really declare it this is my year this is your year this is our year we're gonna we're gonna get it done. 2019 is gonna be a great year. thank you guys so much for listening and for kicking the year off with me. again if you want to see what I look like, or a visual to this, go to youtube.com backslash Starring Milana, leave a comment, and please subscribe, and also go to my social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Starring Milana. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you guys, or talk to you guys. How do people close this shit out? Y'all will hear me next week, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, happy 2019, God bless.